When you look upon the diamond in the light, and you look at it from a variety of angles, you can see the light refracted in many ways, and you can still appreciate the beauty of this diamond, even at its various spots, even in its tiniest details. Today, we meditate on the passion of our Lord Jesus Christ, the diamond of his last moments. And John is so masterful in all the little details. If we are careful to listen to each word, we'll find that it is like a diamond and we can appreciate the beauty of his passion in a new way. For example, right at the beginning of the passion, he makes reference to a garden. And it's amazing because we are recalled to that first garden where Adam has sinned in disobedience to God. And now in this garden, the new Adam has come. And he has come to undo the sin of Adam by his obedience to the Father unto death. Or we hear how Jesus is bound by the soldiers. And he carries this wood on his back up a mountain. And if you were a Jewish person, you would recall immediately the story of Abraham, how Isaac was bound by his father Abraham, who car- and he carried the wood up the mountain for the sacrifice. And now Jesus is this new Isaac, who will bring about the blessing of Abraham. In this passion, the hour has now come. Now is the time to provide the wine for the banquet, which is his precious blood from his sacred heart. Now the wedding feast has begun and the bridegroom, Jesus Christ, now lays on the bed of the cross and the bride that comes from his side, the new Eve that comes from his side is the blood and water representing the church. Here is the new Passover lamb whose legs are not broken This Passover saves us from the angel of death and frees us from captivity to Satan. But one of the most principal images that we find in the Gospel of John in his passion is Jesus as the high priest. As we all know, the priest was a critical person in the Old Testament. And the reason was because God created us to be in relationship with him. The technical term is covenant. God entered into covenant relationship with us. And by doing so, God was drawing near to us. But at the same time, our sin was a way of drawing away from God, pulling further away from him. And that is why God instituted the sacrificial system The word sacrifice means to make holy. comes from the Latin. But in Hebrew, the word is actually korban, which means to draw near. And so sacrifice makes us holy, to draw near to the holy God. And so in the book of Leviticus, God instituted many different sacrifices. Some of them are called the sin and the guilt offering for our minor sins, almost like our venial sins. Before the most grievous sins, we had to wait till the Day of Atonement. And on this day, the priest, the high priest, would enter into 
the innermost part of the sanctuary, the Holy of Holies. And he would enter with the blood of the goat. And there he would pray this high priestly prayer. And once he has done that and cleansed the sanctuary with the blood of the goat, he would come out and bless the people with the name of God, not spoken by Jewish people. So in the Gospel of John, where does he say that Jesus is a priest? We do not see that word at all. But we do see a very peculiar word. And that word is the tunic. They gave his other clothing away. But the tunic, the kiton in Greek, is this seamless garment. It was very valuable. And it was a garment that had no seams at all. And it left one hole for the person to put their head through the garment, just like the priestly garment that I wear. And so the ancient historians like Josephus would recall that the high priest wore the kiton, the tunic. And so when Jesus wears this garment, John is trying to say that Jesus is the high priest. And after Jesus does the high priestly prayer in John chapter 17, what does he do at the beginning of his passion in John chapter 18? He blesses the people with the name of God. He says, I am. Ego eimi. And so sacrifice definitely requires the priest, but it also requires the victim. And Jesus is both. In fact, Jesus' sacrifice is the fulfillment of all the sacrifices of the Old Testament. In the Old Testament, these sacrifices could not perfect the sacrificer. That is why the letter of Hebrews says that these sacrifices must be offered year after year, the blood of bulls and goats, because it was not truly and completely efficacious. And what's really interesting is that on the Day of Atonement, what the people would do is that they would transfer their sins to the priest by laying hands on the priest. But then what the priest would do is then he would lay hands on the goat, on what we know as the scapegoat. But where does Jesus transfer his the sins of all the world? In the first reading from the prophet Isaiah, we hear that he was pierced for our offenses, crushed for our sins. The Lord laid upon him the guilt of us all. And Jesus made his own life as an offering for sin. And so Jesus is that scapegoat. It is upon him that we have placed our sins. But why is there so much suffering? Why is there so much death? Couldn't God have forgiven us in any other way? Yes, Indeed, God could have forgiven us in any other way, but He chose this method because it was the most fitting of all of the possible ways God could have forgiven us. You see, when we broke this covenant, covenant relationship with God as a result of our sins, we experienced the covenant curses. And the covenant curses were suffering and death. And what God was trying to teach us through this was that when we reject the author of life, what we receive is death. And so when we break that covenant, 
We break the relationship with the author of life and receive the covenant curses, which is suffering and death. Not only that, God was trying to break the lie of Satan that sin does not lead to death, right? He says, you will not die if you sin. And so that's why we offer sacrifice. You see, the Jewish people believed in the book of Leviticus that the life is in the blood. And so when we poured out the blood of the animal, we were pouring out the life of the animal. And this animal is dying on my behalf. Because of my sins, I deserve death. But I have transferred my sins into this animal, and this animal now dies in my place. And so we failed to keep the covenant relationship. And by doing so, we incurred a debt. St. Paul says that, Owe no debt to anyone except the debt that binds us to love. And this makes sense, because when we sin against others, we incur a debt. Because instead of loving them according to their dignity, we did not do that. And so we incur this debt of what, how we should have treated them. And that is what forgiveness is. It means forgiving others of their debt, letting go of debt. But when we sin against God and His majesty, we incur this innumerous debt by virtue of His dignity in the reverence accorded to Him. This is very interesting. You see, even in canon law, we recognize this. You know, when you use physical force against a priest or a bishop, like punching them, of course it is bad and it is a sin. But when you use physical force against the Pope, and this is in canon law, it says that you are automatically excommunicated. You see, the physical force used against the priest or a bishop is the same possibly as the physical force used against the Pope. But what is the difference? The Pope, by virtue of his office, has a dignity and reverence demanded of it as the vicar of Christ. And so when we sin against God, we incur an infinite debt because we owed an honor and love due to His dignity and the reverence accorded to Him. And that is why Scott Hahn says that we owed a debt we could not pay. But Scott Hahn also says that He paid the debt that He did not owe. Jesus paid the infinite debt of love that we owe to God that no one else could ever pay. Jesus did this through His absolute obedience on the cross, out of love. We owed a debt we could not pay because we could not carry the whole burden and debt of sin. But Jesus could was able to pay the debt on our behalf because He was truly man and truly God and able to bear the burden of sin and pay the infinite debt of love. And that is why the prophet Isaiah says that through his suffering, he will justify many. It is through his suffering that we are brought back into covenant relationship with God. That is what justification means. And so through his blood, Jesus makes us holy. Through him, we draw near to the Father in the Spirit. And he did this all out of love. In a few moments, you will have the opportunity to 
draw near to him out of love, you, have, you will have the opportunity to draw near to him in his thirst, in which he cries out, I thirst, and he thirsts for your love. And in our thirst, when we ran out of water, what did he give us? He gave us 700 liters of the finest wine. But what did we give him in return? Because of our sin, we gave him spittle, beatings, flogging, crown of thorns, and nails. Because of our sin, even though he gave us the finest wine, we gave him the cheapest wine on that day. We gave him vinegar on a sponge. So as you draw near, what will you give to him in return for all the love he has shown for us? As you draw near, will you listen to the cry in your heart? His cry which says, I thirst. And what will you give to satiate the thirst of the Son of God?